And there was silence in heaven for 10 seconds. Okay. Somebody's snoring? <laughs> Ooh, Shaka. Can you hear that? The sound of Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be Jesus's? Lighten up and loosen out. Stop taking yourself seriously and take the glory seriously, which is Sabbath rest. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. You know, you can't interpret the Bible unless you're in the glory. It's a sealed letter that will kill. It only produces bondage, like do's and don'ts, until you have Pentecostal resting tongues of interpretation of Scripture called the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the law of the New Covenant. Now, I know people say, oh, here we go. Here we go in the glory show. And it is written, Galatians 5. Coming at you with the Holy Ghost jive. So that you can fully be alive. I wish those who unsettle and confuse you would go all the way and cut themselves. Galatians 5.12 in the Amplified Classic for Emo. <sighs> Paul wishing that Pharisees would cut themselves in the Bible. Oh, he forgot to false love that day. Burn. And we shall continue. Now, we continue in the way of glory. I don't know what kind of Christianity all y'all been into, but Christianity begins in the glory because the King of Glory came in and then he teaches you the glory of the Word. I know there's a Christian church out here that doesn't learn the Bible in the glory, in the Shekinah radiance of the Holy Ghost, who's your teacher, and that's why everyone's so screwed up. So I got 100,000 denominations. That's why you got all y'all individually judging yourself instead of letting the glory be a righteous judge of your self-nature, which is called healing your soul. God's only good all the time, which means He's only glory all the time. Can you imagine a people trying to interpret God apart from the glory? How many of y'all know that'd be called false Christianity? That'd be iniquity. All you could ever do is sin. <laughs> and then you'd be all beat up by demons in your sin because you're not good enough and you're trying to be more gooder. Oh yes. More gooder. So you could be someday the goodest. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the king of glory and he's going to teach you how to practice the presence of obedience to a person 
whose name is the Holy Ghost. You can't ascend out of dirt into air to save one hair on your head except by obedience to the cloud of the Holy Ghost. Now the Holy Ghost is omnipresent, so as soon as there's any obedience towards him, he perks up. This person's taking me serious. God, no, no, God's like a whole, like a little child. I like what Roland Baker says. The Holy Ghost is more childlike, not childish, childlike than all the children of the world combined. Now he's genius, he's all-knowing, he's omniscient, he's all-powerful, but he's childlike. And his childlikeness is perfect sexual innocence and purity. So he's only looking for people to get out of all their junk and funk and religion and perversion and pride and lust and whew, the list goes on and on. We'll get into that list a little bit later because it's important you understand what your enemy is. Your enemy is only a tree and your enemy is only fruit that is an absolute abomination that people just get caught up into and they just can't get out. They caught up in the wrong tree in the garden, the tree of the flesh whose fruit is literally death, and here's all the description of the angel of death and the seeds of the angel of death, and we have that Galatians 5 list where I'm reading from tonight. So if you got a Bible, you can turn to Galatians 5 and just put your head into it, and then burn your head with the glory of the Word. Anytime someone actually understands the Bible, they will dwell in a fire of the Word of the Bible. Having zero understanding, which is earthly Christianity, zero understanding of a heavenly person named God. He's a person. He's called the person, the person of the Godhead. Colossians chapter 2. Zero understanding of the person in the earthly. But if you are in the heavenly, you grow in fire, which is glory, the Shekinah that burned in the bush, the glory fire, which will progressively unfold the word, which would, which causes your spirit to transfigure. Transfiguration is the word hatching in your spirit with more fire every day. I make my ministers, what are ministers? Teachers of the law, scribes, Pharisees. Now I know Pharisees bad, but that's what everyone is until they're in the glory. We can have glory Pharisees, and it won't even be a bad thing, just be like Nicodemus. Hallelujah. It's not bad to be a Pharisee and Sadducee in the heavenly Sanhedrin. It's bad to be a Pharisee and Sadducee in the earthly Sanhedrin because they're serving Molech. <laughs> Acts 7, it is written. Now, if you're in the heavenly Sanhedrin, you're going to be a teacher of the law, the law of the Holy Ghost. Right? You're going to be a teacher of the Bible, teachers of the law, scribes and Pharisees. That's who comprise the government of Israel. Yes, we know that already. Yes, thank you for telling us something we already knew. Okay, now know it in the heavenly. Now know it in the above realm, which is God's original intention 
for your dwelling place. The below realm is all going to be false. Your interpretation of scripture is going to be false. It's going to be confusion. You're always going to be wrong in wrongdoing constantly. There's nothing right, the Bible says, under the sun. Zero righteousness under the sun. No one does what's right. All righteousness under the sun, prophet Isaiah, is filthy. Filthy, filthy, filthy animal behavior, self-righteousness, pride, egotistical, pharisaical, iniquity knowledge taught by fallen angels. In the guise of the covenant religion, Old Testament Judaism, New Testament Christianity, so the whole world is filled with fallen angel interpretation of the things of God. That's why people are exceedingly confused, and there's very little clarity about Christianity. It's like Christianity has become individual interpretation. You know what that means? All together false. <laughs> if Christianity is even a board of directors, a group of so-called leaders, elders, bishops, apostles, prophets, blah, 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 Robert's Rules of Order, blah, 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 501c3 board of directors if it's even your old gray heads in your church buildings made by human hands that have been around the religion of that place for 10 20 30 40 50 60 70 years that is not elderhood that's not bishopsville that's not the realm of maturity at all zero it's earthly unspiritual demonic it's false maturity and so it's completely perfected iniquity everywhere until we get out of the below, the earthly, into the above, the celestial, the cosmic, the heavenly. We call him Heavenly Father, but then we have earthly interpretation. Why? Because we don't know the way. We don't understand the path. The path is glory. The path of righteousness shines ever brighter to the full dawn of day which is the exact outrain brightness of father god's sonship s-u-n not s-o-n he's not a son he is a son god's not a son he's a son which means he's a star he's a being of light hebrews 1 3 a light being and sonship S-U-N-S-H-I-P or S-O-N-S-H-I-P. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You know, it's like grammar glory. Because <laughs> I'm stretching myself to learn how to pronunciate in the glory. Jesus. And you can absolutely enjoy jumping around from the jots and the tittles of the words of God that are the containers of the celestial Shekinah glory. Full dawn of day, the full outrain brilliance of sonship, S-U-N and S-O-N, because you become stars in the stardom called sonship. They will shine forth in the brightness of their father as S-U-N-S. Jesus Christ red letters. Woo See, that will just terrorize iniquity. Won't it? It was bad in the drunken glory. It's super bad in cosmic drunken glory of Saturn. Oh, it's the end of all things, isn't it? 
It's the end of darkness and sorcery and witchcraft when a people rise up in the spheres that have the cheers of the Holy Ghost beers. Amen. You thought I had fun down below? I did. Wait, do you see me up above the next 40 years? <laughs> this is a 40-year phase of absolute celestial Elijah in the glory of the cosmos, learning all the ways of Enoch, learning all the ways of Elijah, learning all the ways of Moses and Abraham, learning all the ways of Jesus Christ through his prophets and through Moses. I have not come to do away with Moses. I have come to fulfill Moses. Amen. Moses, one of the most cosmic celestial beings that has ever walked the earth, he was so celestial that at 120 years old, he had overcome death. That's something. That's written in Deuteronomy 34. Which means, if you understand Moses, first five books of the Bible, Torah, as Moses understood what he was writing, there's overcoming of death in Torah. Right? Clearly, we've been telling you that for 12 years. That Moses, without spot and wrinkle on his face on the mountain in Deuteronomy 34, which means if you have the same Shekinah interpretation of Torah, you're death-free. Literally, all death is underneath you. Is he going to kill you on the mountain? I think the mountain is what kills you now when you're in the sand. Understand? <laughs> People are already getting crushed into powder and blown away by the mountain. The issue is presenting your body as a living sacrifice to let every part of you that has deceit in it, pride in it, lust in it, guile in it, lies in it, seed of the evil one in it, plant of the evil one in it, iniquity in it, unrighteousness. Well, here, we'll get into it here. Jesus. Okay. Now, the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. I think that's right. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. Opposed. Opponents. Come on now. I think that's correct and amen. Godless human nature of carnality. Godless. For these are antagonistic to each other continually. Right? Antagonistic continually. That's scripture now. Galatians 5.17 Antagonistic continually spirit flesh. Godless godly are continuously antagonistic at war. Opponents. Now, if you got peace in the flesh, that means you're not warring in the spirit and you have no obedience to the new covenant law, which is Holy Spirit sent from Jesus Christ. Now, when you begin to wage a good Christian warfare, it's the Holy Ghost warring against a godless nature. 
which is usually religion. Almost all the fallen angels have layers and layers of disguises, but all the disguises of all fallen angels and all demons and all evil spirits hide in self-righteousness and the pride of religion, of interpreting all the things of God in darkness, which is in selfishness. So if you're in that realm, you're often fighting the Holy Spirit. God wants to forgive you through the blood of Jesus, but he ain't going to be nice to that realm. The Bible says the Holy Ghost is always an opponent of that realm. Always antagonizing that realm continually. Galatians 5.17, continually. Withstanding and in conflict, just say conflict, conflict with each other. Two realms in conflict with each other. The realm of the law of the new covenant, the realm of the Holy Ghost, the realm of the kingdom. In conflict of the realm of the godless nature of men's flesh and women's flesh. Truth in you. Amen. Don't worry. We can circumcise your flesh so that even your flesh loves obedience to the law of the word of the Holy Ghost. That's all you desire every day. You begin to salivate like I was during the worship time. Just like, oh, you're excited to obey the Lord today. And that's why you are in a greater glory. Truth anyhow. So that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. We'll start over again. Let's just read the whole thing here. Galatians 5.17 Amplified Classic For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the desires of the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. (laughs) But if you are guided, led, spirit guide, amen? Spirit guide, led by the Holy Spirit of God. You are not subject to the law. What law? The law for godlessness. Because you're in the fulfillment of law, which is the fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Shabba. Literally discipled on the mountain, the same as Moses and the angel of the Lord. Amen? That's exactly what it's talking about. You're not under the law of Moses. Why? Because you're with Moses on the mountain face to face with the God I am who gave him the Torah. Right? That's what it says. You're not subject to the law. Why? Because you're with the lawgiver, Jesus Christ. And you become a law keeper. What's a law keeper? Someone who has no lawlessness in them, which is no antichrist in them, because they obey the word of the Holy Ghost. That's where you want to go. That's maturity. Being law keepers. Keepers of the law, of the commandment of Jesus Christ, and my commandments are not burdensome. What does that mean? 
They aren't to tear you down. They are to resurrect you. Resurrection by what? Bible tells you the commandment of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Okay. Now, the doings and practices of the flesh are clear. Somebody say clear. 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 Obvious. They are immorality. Impurity. Indecency. Idolatry. Sorcery. Enmity. Strife. Jealousy. Anger. Ill temper. Selfishness. Divisions. Dissensions. Party spirit. Factions. Sex with peculiar opinions. Heresies. Envy. Drunkenness. Carousing. And the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit heaven. They shall not inherit the dominion where God dwells, the kingdom of God. They're not going to heaven. They are going to hell where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. Where you are growing, there you are eternally going. That's why we need the Father, vine dresser. Because the stuff that's growing that way, in this list, which we could just memorize today, saying over and over, until it's all pruned out of our whole spirit, out of our whole soul, and out of our whole mind and body. Then what happens? When you're pruned of the bad fruit, from the bad tree, from the bad person, Satan, all you're left with is this. Good fruit from the good person who's Jesus. Amen. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence against such things. There is no law that can bring a charge. There's nothing that the enemy can accuse when you're bearing forth the fruit of obedience to the spirit that created the heavens and the earth. Because these angels that accuse you night and day, they're still inside the omnipresence of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost just says, nope, not today, Satan. He ain't accusing them. Why? Because my fruit is the protection against the accuser, against the fruits of the spirit. There is no accuser of the brethren. There is no law. There is nothing that can bring a charge from Satan and his angels and their offspring through Cain's bloodline, which is demons and evil spirits. Why? Because you're hedged in. What is a hedge of protection, people? We like that term. We plead the blood. The blood 
is the sap going through the vine, which means a hedge can only come from fruitfulness. You're only protected by bearing fruit, and fruit only comes about to protect you from the accuser and the accuser's ability to kill, steal, and destroy by obedience to the Holy Ghost. You can't be protected from Satan unless you have fruitfulness as a hedge of protection. When you have fruitfulness, how many of y'all know the fruitfulness of the obedience to the Holy Ghost is dwelling in the Garden of Eden below? That's what fruit means now. Holy Spirit fruit is the vegetation and the produce of Eden in heaven, yes, and on earth also, yes and amen. Which means you can be entirely protected all around you from demons, devils, sorcery, darkness, spirits of condemnation, especially religion. But if you don't think you need protection from iniquity, which is satanic Christianity, you're going to live in a garden of self-righteousness. You're going to live in a garden of pride. Demons dwell in gardens too. There's other gardens in the Bible, gardens of iniquity. There's gardens of thorns and thistles. King David said, let them be accursed and burned. There's gardens of weeds. There's gardens of seeds. There's gardens of serpents, serpent gardens. There's gardens of demons, where demons dwell. There's gardens of immorality. They're called groves. Groves. It's written in the book of Jasher. The demonic groves, where the seeds of the evil one's lies grow. And in those groves, there's sexual morality. In those groves, there's sorcery, witchcraft, and religion, and all kinds of self-righteousness, and all kinds of lies and deceit, and everything the demons believe in. Those that dwell in the gardens of demons believe the same things. Why? Because they're in the gardens of the seeds of the fathers of unrighteousness. The father of lies is his name. Belial or Benile. That's his name. He fathers weeds. He fathers lies. He fathers deception, delusion, self-righteousness, religion. He fathers sorcery. He fathers witchcraft. He fathers rebellion. He fathers greed, covetousness. He fathers all wickedness. So these gardens are the fathering of demons. And you guys know about that. That's why you need to be pruned by the good father because you're coming out of bad, wicked, evil gardens with seeds that have no fruitfulness, that have no Shekinah, that have no peace, that have no joy, that have no righteousness, that have no holiness, it doesn't produce God's dwelling place. It does not produce a rest for your soul in the Garden of Eden. Right? So if what you're doing ain't producing the fruit of the vegetation of the third heaven Garden of Eden, you might need a pruning. That's why we often need the wilderness because we refuse to prune the things we judge in our life that belong to God but actually belong to Nimrod, Satan's son. 
<laughs> we need pruning. We need the absolute shearing of the sheep. Not once continually. If there is bad seed, if there is bad fruit, if there is bad light, angels of light that deceive, if there is bad water, rivers of deceit, rivers of iniquity, if it's wormwood and we're just stuck in all this demonic repetition, sin patterns of religion and condemnation, religion and condemnation, and we're not in revival in Shekinah and revival Shekinah to Shekinah, it's because the gardening in your souls, the gardening in your spirits, and the gardening in your minds is a gardening of Satan and not a gardening of the gardener Jesus Christ. Woman, do not cling to me. Who are you? Rabboni, gardener. Mary Magdalene saw Jesus Christ and called him what first few minutes of the resurrection? Gardener. She's prophesying as an apostle and prophetess. We're going to get garden down here. And the only ones going to have good fruit are the ones that like the father who is the pruner. Oh, we like the scissors, don't we? We like the circumcision, the apostolic doctrine of the circumcision of the vines of the invisible person of the heart cutting away invisible seed from invisible demons and invisible satans and invisible evil spirits and we're thankful for the scissors and the pruning of god toward everything in the eternal invisible part of us getting cut off and burned don't save that stuff send that stuff down into the lake of fire down into the Dead Sea that it would never be revived or resuscitated again in the soil of your heart. That the bad fruit in your life would not come back this next season of the harvest of your spirit and the harvest of your soul and the harvest of your flesh. The flesh actually just becomes clear, neutral, becomes an obedient slave of the soul, and the soul becomes an obedient slave or worker of the spirit. And your spirit's born again, bearing God's image because you're obedient to the commandment on the mountain, which is the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Holy Ghost will send angels to you when you're serious. He'll just leave you alone to your own sin and your own demons when you're fake. Which means God is a rewarder to anyone that seeks Him. Seeking to obey and love Him. God sees the intentions of your heart. That's why you got to get real with your whole spirit. Stop being insane. Stop being psychotic. Stop being religious. Stop being a nut job. Stop drinking alcohol. Stop doing drugs. And get serious about hearing and obeying the Holy Ghost. You ain't going to ascend except you have clean hands and a pure heart and haven't lifted yourself up to idols. You know what the biggest idol is? Christianity. Woohoo! The idol of perfect Christianity done by self-promotion, lifting yourself up 
by doing good out of your senses and reasoning without the Holy Ghost. You don't even need the New Covenant. You're not in the New Covenant. You're in darkness. You're in religion. You're in iniquity. That's how it works, people. God only rewards those who seek His ability and are willing to give up their own self-ability. Now, the intentions of your heart in your own spirit's ability can be completely iniquity as well. Every true sorcerer is God inside-minded, but their God is the God of this world, Satan. (laughs) That's why there's a big G on the Masonic apron right over the belly. They use the mysteries of God for their fathers, the fallen angels, because they are the bloodline of Cain. Okay? So we're here to eradicate the bloodline of Cain, the fathers of Cain, which are all the fallen angels, millions of them. And it's not redeemable. They're not human. They're not savable. Now, some of you are going to just stick with me now. You need to understand this because this is what the final showdown is and you're in it no matter how immature or mature you are in wisdom or in folly. You're here. So you're going to deal with it whether you like it or not. So what we can do is tell you the truth and if you're willing to be illuminated, shekinahed by the word of truth, it'll be easier for you because at least you understand everything going on around here. And it won't just be you out of your head reacting. You'll be God in your spirit cleansing. So you become a judge. You become righteous in your judgment and all the unrighteous judgment of planks and specks and your own soul's interpretation of scripture will just get burned out of you and you have God the Father's interpretation of scripture which is what? The Shekinah glory. (laughs) This is why Christianity in the Shekinah is so easy. Because you're not stuck to your own senses and reasoning trying to do anything. I will not leave you alone, Jesus Christ, red letters. I'm going to send a paraclete, one called alongside to help the Holy Ghost, and he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He will speak and glorify me, Jesus Christ, red letters. Amen. Which means with the Holy Ghost, no matter how bad they treat you, remember they chopped off the heads and crucified all the apostles, they still lived a Shekinah life. They lived a Zoe life. They lived a glorious life. Now, the Holy Ghost is continually, continually, and continually building, building, building against all the works of Satan. Holy Ghost ain't even paying attention to what the devil's doing. Now, you'll have confrontations just from the building of the ark in the carrying of the presence of the Holy Ghost. Just by building the ark, you'll get the attention of all the demons of the devils in the seed line of Cain and all the workers of iniquity coming in the guise of Christianity that are false brethren everywhere. They don't care about God's glory. They're only in for their own glory. They don't care about serving the Father's throne. They just want to create their own throne. They're into self-righteousness, into the Father's, and not the Father's established and perfected, already existent righteousness. They're into creating their own righteousness by being good in their eyes because they love the wages of wickedness. Loving the wages of wickedness is the wages of self-righteousness. That's why so many people love religion, even Christian iniquity, which is half of you watching right now. Because you got something out of it. There's a reward for iniquity. It's true. 
it produces death and you be wanting more later on you go become blood-sucking vampires and you turn into demons and it gets bad the the wages of sin is death but there are rewards for waging wickedness and that's why people do it if there were no rewards no one would sin right that's what the bible says the pleasures of sin are seasonal so you get into different sin and get a seasonal pleasure religion has rewards that's why y'all do it because it makes your ego puffed up and swelled in luciferian light pale horse pride and for a moment you feel really good about yourself at the expense of judging others lesser than yourself because you're murderers truth anyhow and when you get the spanks specks and planks out of your eyes you're no longer murderers you're crucifiers of not others yourselves and i'm warring against a lot of this junk in you right now that's why there's a little bit of a friction in this place when you're crucified there's no friction with the shekinah of the word there's a magnification of the cross which is the apostolic witness which is pretty small in this place but as the cross gets bigger and your ego gets smaller and you're deflated and he's inflated and you are less than he is more, you're no longer self-justifying. You're no longer a daughter of Satan. You're no longer a son of the devil. You're now a son of the cross of his blood. You're a disciple of Calvary and the mountain of the Lord that is Jesus' true bloodline that's agape, which is crucifying all the self-nature of spirit, soul, and flesh ability apart from God. The cross grows up in your spirit, crucifies your spirit, so you don't practice iniquity, which is sinning in the spirit, which is Christian sorcery, which is practically everything you've ever known so far up until this point, and the soul, which is the feelings and emotions of false love. Woo! Where do we even begin with that one? I know the leaven will leaven the whole lump. Jesus Christ, red letters. So Jesus told you, the prophet of prophets with the foresight 2020 that in the future y'all gonna practice religion with my words you think he's surprised about it not at all he knows the human nature the Bible says he knew it was inside all their hearts that you would take all the apostles writing all the Jesus's words and turn it into some kind of self-servient egotistical narcissistic religion of self-righteousness of the pride in the light of the fallen angels okay that's what the horror babylon book of revelation destroys because jesus knew that's what you do with it you do the same thing with moses turn it into some kind of molech religion as you did with jesus christ you're going to turn it into molech christianity you're going to turn it into your own little groves and call them your christian parks and christian celebrations your christian ministries your christian revivals and they're nothing less than groves of the fruit of the tree of the fallen angels and angels of light and false glory and the pleasures of iniquity which is the satisfaction of being good in your own eyes and it's addicting Woo! some of y'all addicted to false love some of y'all addicted to iniquity and in fact, you have no addiction to Shekinah, and it's like I'm speaking a foreign language to half of you tonight. Addiction to Shekinah means you love the fruit-bearing tree of life through the crucifixion of self. Iniquity is you like the preservation of self 
at the expense of others to be good by your own efforts. So you get the tree of Satan and his angels down here, the tree of demon spirits, angels of light that deceive, and you got the tree of life, which is the cross of his blood. So the cross of his blood is the realm of Shekinah glory. If you interpret the scriptures in that realm, it's wisdom without measure every day. That's the feast of the lamb, the marriage feast of the lamb, because you're married to the cross and you're a Christian picking up your cross and following him daily. Now, without a cross, you're out here in individual interpretation, which means you're in the false prophetic. You're in the tower of Jezebel. You're in the devil thinking you're in God, and you're the enemies of the cross. How many believers in America are enemies of the cross, of the killing of the selfish, soulish, carnal nature of self-promotion and lifting self up? It's 99%, y'all. It's 99.99% to find someone who has taken the cross as an elevator of crucifying spirit, soul, and flesh up into the heavens is practically unknown. They will think you're a heretic nowadays, but it is Jack and the Beanstalk, just like Bob Jones told you 30 years ago. That the seed of the, of the word of the kingdom of the blood of his cross is planted in your spirit, and if you keep denying self and serving the commandment of the Holy Ghost at the expense of self, you come into all the realms that Jesus dwells in, in my Father's house, are many realms, mansions, which are dwelling places of the abode of his glory, of the Shekinah interpretation of the Logos written word. So you're not full-blown heretics out there interpreting the Bible individually apart from Shekinah. Woo! Just get that off my breastplate of judgment, because it's the truth anyhow. When you're in the glory, it refines your understanding of the Word of God, and there is a corporate unity, because y'all crucified with Christ on the same freaking mountain, man, which means you're the same family, and it ain't Cain anymore. With all your individuality, interpretation, and selfishness, like the fallen angels, exactly like devils, now it's Jesus and his brothers and sisters on one holy mountain set apart from the valley of iniquity come out of iniquity and individuality and all of your selfishness and interpretation of scripture apart from the holy mountain listen Moses could only interpret Torah on the mountain now we think we're better than Moses around here because there's so much self-righteousness in Christianity nowadays and every church in the world's like, oh, my interpretation's right. You are as wrong as wrong gets. I don't care how accurate you think you are from seminary. If it ain't the Shekinah on the holy mountain of Calvary, you're a lying false teacher. 10,000 times 10,000 times every Sunday morning, you might as well just go into the grave. You're better off just going into the grave because everything you're teaching is death. Because it has no light or life or resurrection power. Your interpretation's garbage. It's not going to be an elevator into the heavenlies. It's going to be a decapitator into the abyss where you are teaching from because of your lack of the cross. 
truth anyhow. When you're on Calvary crucified, your teaching is not your own. It's Jesus's, the rabbi and the high priest of the apostolic doctrine. Now, only apostles can establish doctrine. That's an apostolic doctrine, by the way. Truth anyhow. That's why we call it scripture. I'm not here to establish new doctrine. I'm here to teach you the doctrine that you don't even have of Peter, Paul, James, and the chief apostle, Jesus. Jesus. And it's such a foreign doctrine to this backslidden Laodicean church that it sounds like heresy, but it's the truth in here. It is absolutely the new wine of the divine kind, and we like getting pruned more and more every day, so we shine brighter every day. For his sons and daughters that are sons and daughters indeed, and not bastards, love the pruning, which is the discipline that comes from God, which is a reference to the apostolic doctrine of circumcision of the heart. Circumcision of the heart. To be a circumcised Israel of God, not outward marks, inward marks, and the inward mark of the new covenant is the same outward mark of the old covenant called the Shekinah glory. Woo! Somebody's going to get it in Jesus' name. The mark of an Israelite. Stay with us with your presence, otherwise we'll be just like the foreign nations. It is written. If you don't mark us with the glory, what's to separate us from the Philistines? What's to separate us from the Amalekites and the Amorites and the Parasites? Nothing. You're exactly the same. It's the mark of the Shekinah glory that marks you the Israel of God. Romans 9.4, it is written. The Shekinah, or the glory, belongs to one nation, Israel. Now, the Bible says those that call themselves Jews but are not, but are synagogue of Satan. So... Not everyone who claims to be Jews is Jews, according to Jesus Christ, red letters, Revelation 2 and 3. So you need some wisdom here now. You can't just be like, I'm going to go to Israel and plant a mango orchard and just be Kumbaya Shekinah guy. It doesn't work that way. You're going to have to be marked Israel in the heart. Oh, hallelujah. When you get marked in your heart, the mark on your forehead goes from beast to Jesus Christ, King of Israel, King of the Jews. Lord of glory, King of glory, He is the Shekinah of the Word. He is both the Logos, the sealed letter, and He is both the Shekinah, the manifest Rhema Word of God, the King of glory. Now, however you interpret Jesus, the Word of God, it, the more accurate you get through obedience to the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, will be the amount of Shekinah glory that you walk in going from glory to glory. Thank you, Lord, for it. Hallelujah. The unfolding of the mysteries of the Logos, Word of God. See, we already got it here. All y'all got Bibles. Half of you got ten translations. What good does it do you? The good that you have in your marked heart being circumcised of spirit for the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, how's the word gonna help an unbeliever? How's the word gonna help someone who's uncircumcised of heart, not marked Israel of God in heart? Will the word help them? No, the word will kill them, it is written. The word of Moses? No. 
the one who gave the word to Moses, Jesus. Now, I know in your false gospels out there in fantasy hippie land, we're like, oh, that's not loving Jesus. Well, the Bible says the keys of death are in the hands of Jesus, Revelation 1.17. So, Jesus is the death of spirit, soul, and flesh. Why? Because there is no accurate, correct interpretation of Logos in that spirit, soul, and flesh. So he who holds the keys of death and hell sends you to hell by him determining your death. Now we can say, does he do it personally or does his word working everywhere do it? His word working everywhere does it, but it's still Jesus. He is the word. Does he have to show up? with his purple sash every time someone dies? No, he rarely does. Sometimes he will, but he rarely does. But his words working sovereignly everywhere. He holds everything together. What? The order of the universe is held together by his most powerful word. It is written. Okay? The sovereignty of the word of God, Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, which is king of every sphere, king of every realm, king of every dimension, king of everything, kings and lords of high and low estate of every elevation, the height and the width and the depth of the breadth of the love of God or the hatred of man towards God, God is there sovereignly by his word, either in wrath or in rejoicing, depending on the soul's interpretation of scripture. When I was a demon-possessed warlock of Satan, I hated God and hated the scripture. Therefore, I dwelt in deep darkness. When I became a lover of the Word of God, when I was converted at age 18, my interpretation of Scripture went from animosity towards a bigoted letter to rejoicing in a letter that has saved my soul from my own sins. So my whole interpretation of Scripture at age 18 went from darkness to light. From anger, frustration, kicking against the goads, being a murderer, by, which is unrighteous judgment. That's what murder is. Obviously, anytime you judge yourself unrighteously, you agree with the devil, who's a murderer from the beginning. So you murder yourself, which is very common. That's what religion is. Ask Judas Iscariot. He murdered himself. He was a religious apostle, a false apostle. Therefore, the fruit of the false is death but the true apostles was what life paul laid on top of a boy that filled on a window <laughs> and raised him from the dead into newness of life Woo! only after he put him to sleep by four hours of preaching three more hours to go hallelujah amen this is not a sermon this is a hostage situation you are being held hostage by the Word of God and the Shekinah glory. And they're like, oh, keep me in the prison of your love, Lord Jesus. Oh, there's fiends for the Shekinah and there's fiends for the commandment of Jesus Christ in this place, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb. People that enjoy eating and drinking the Word and the blood of the Word. What's the blood of the Word? The blood of the New Covenant. Hallelujah. Strong meat. Listen, he's not coming with Gerbers in the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's coming with strong meat for the mature. It's going to be Wagyu steak dinner, all you can eat every day, steak and eggs, finest of the fine food, which is the interpretation of the New Testament, 
Old Testament, Enoch, Jasher's Jubilee, and Apocrypha, because Apocrypha just means all the books that were considered in the New Testament. Okay? You need to really understand if a book is considered by all the Christians and the Christian leaders of the world that are really loving on God and trying to do the right thing. If a book is considered to be New Testament, you might want to take that book kind of seriously. Just because it didn't make it into your New Testament doesn't mean it should not be read or accepted what's in it. You might have to spit out some bones, but you're going to eat some meat too. The fact that it was considered to be scripture, which is called Apocrypha, means these are books to be taken absolutely seriously. Why? Because the first century revival of Jesus and his apostles took them seriously. Now, some of these books are not Apocrypha. Many of them are. Enoch is not Apocrypha. Enoch is Scripture. Jashers and Jubilee are not Apocrypha. They're not considered Apocrypha. The Jews, first century Jews and first century Christians, which was the fulfillment of Judaism, considered these books Scripture. So the books that Jesus considered Scripture, Peter, John, Paul, James, the 22 apostles of the New Testament, all of them considered Enoch scripture. If you don't think Enoch is scripture, you don't even have a foundation for the apostolic realities of the Shekinah glory of Jesus and his New Testament 22 apostles mentioned in the New Testament. Many mentioned in the book of Acts. Not 12, 22. Okay, Fotini was a chief apostle of the Lamb, and most people don't even know who that is. That's the woman at the well. Mary Magdalene is an apostle, and there's many, many others also mentioned. Here's one. Timothy. Timothy was an apostle of Apostle Paul. You know that? Timothy, at 30 years old, was pastoring as an apostle 10,000 souls, And that's why Paul says, don't let them pick on you for being so young. Timothy is younger than most people watching right now. And he was an apostle of 10,000 souls. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you now, age don't matter. Wisdom matters. Wisdom matters. And he had that gift because of Lois, his mother and grandmother, and his family was godly women that trained him to live and practice the Shekinah glory and the Shekinah glory's interpretation of the word. (laughs) The Shekinah glory of the word is what qualifies you for teaching. Can you imagine people teaching without the Shekinah's interpretation? How many of y'all know that's what false teaching is? That's about all y'all have digested until you came into extreme prophetic ministry. Some of you came out of Bobby Connor, Bob Jones, and you came out of some places that practiced some Shekinah. Bill Johnson's church, Rick Joyner's church. There is Shekinah in places. There is a remnant that values Shekinah glory as the valid interpretation of the New Testament. Every place else is iniquity land. It's not even Christianity. (laughs) What is Christianity? 
hearing and believing the word in its original form presented of his glory. The God breathed word, which means the Holy Spirit's cloud that breathes the written word. So you're not in the cloud. You don't even have the accuracy of understanding one freaking thing written in the Bible. That's why you got all these people down here reading Paul's epistles. And if you read the Final Quest series, which you need to read, Final Quest talks about how Paul is rebuking the hell out of the earthly church for interpreting his epistles wrongly because they're interpreting it in iniquity. They're interpreting it out of something they can do like a New Testament commandment. Just do the Bible. Just do the Bible. I, mean, some of you, I can feel that pricking some of you watching right now. Some of you in this place. Just do the Bible. No. Holy Spirit is the lawgiver who gives you the Bible. Unless you're fed by mama, you ain't fed at all. Mother, brooding hen, brooding mother, Holy Spirit who conceived you. If Holy Spirit's not your teacher, you're as lost as lost get gets no matter how much New Testament you read into your dead head. Your dead heads. You are not grateful deadheads. You are ungrateful deadheads because you're dead in interpreting scripture in your own darkened head. Now, if the Holy Ghost, your master, your Holy Ghost, your lawgiver, that word ain't dead in you. It's living, active, energized, shepherding, two-edged sword to the dividing, dissonder, soul, spirit, bone and marrow, and it's judging the thoughts and intentions of your wicked hearts right now. I can feel it in this place. Like squirming toads of the false prophet dying. We're having frog soup for night tonight, boys. Frogs out of the mouth of the false prophet, which is charismatic iniquity teachings that are not based on the Shekinah interpretation of the lawgiver Jesus Christ from the mountain of glory of the Father's cloud speaking. This is my well-beloved son. Listen to him. Which means obey his teachings in this cloud. And what does Peter say? That's the standard of interpretation of Scripture. I was there on the cloud when the voice spoke out of the bright cloud. Eyewitness of what? Shekinah. Shekinah what? That the teachings of Jesus, the Word of God, wrapped in the Father's cloud, has to be interpreted in the mountains. On the holy mountain. i tell you what. You're a mountain being engrafted into God's mountain, which is interpretation of Scripture with the fullness of the glory on the top of the mountain. There you go from glory to glory. Until then, you're like pebbles disconnected. Disconnected pebbles, you need to come back to the rock of ages. You need to come upon the solid rock and stand and get out of the shifting sand of your own land, which is your interpretation of Scripture. It's an abomination, y'all. (laughs) You cannot emphasize human interpretation of Scripture as a bigger abomination than it is the greatest sin of man to interpret the divine apart from Holy Spirit, the presence of the divine kind. Do you understand? That's the very essence of making up your own laws, traditions, religiosities, interpretations of how to live a good godly life. And it's like, where's the Shekinah? Where is God? Oh, he doesn't exist in your own individual interpretation. You're a godless pagan, a heathen, and a Gentile, and you haven't even begun in true discipleship of the Shekinah glory cloud. Return to the mountain. Repent. 
and relearn what you think you know because you don't know because you don't glow and get into the heavenly flow which is crucifixion in his bloodline to the top of the mountain and let the father prune you in the blood of his grape truth anyhow and get all the junk that puts you in a funk out of you into the dead seeker plunk get it cut off let the razor sharp word of shekinah prune these trees i see all ministries well how's, how's the pruning what's the fruit look like oh where do we begin where do we begin there what's the fruit look like uh look around you see a selfishness do you see immorality impurity bible says the practices of the fruits of the flesh are clear if they're not clear to you it's because you're in them you're in the groves of demons religious demons usually that hide all immorality and religion is sexual intimacy with devils iniquity is fornicating with evil spirits truth in you or a babylon fornicator of babylon which is christianity done in your spirit instead of holy spirit yikes so guess what revival looks like revival looks like people awakening to what the cross actually does in crucifying their spirit their soul their flesh their brain their bones their marrow into jesus spirit jesus soul jesus brains jesus bones jesus marrow body of christ not body of whatever thing you're doing self-justifying and then self-promoting because i did these teachings at joel's bar i obeyed the prophets jesus and his holy spirit is the prophet and the obedience to the prophetic testimony of jesus spirit of prophecy not something you can do separated from him something that he does in you through constant crucifixion and taking over the temple of the holy ghost who's in you is the question first corinthians 6 19 whom have you received from your god whatever god that is if it's not the one that is crucifying your spirit soul to progressively have a greater shekinah which is the evidence of correct interpretation of logos you are lost godless people away from the mountain of calvary interpreting and self-promoting and expecting god to show up and bless you in other words pagans so iniquity is paganism disguised as christianity we all know that we've been telling you that for 10 years most of you are in denial really all of my yes all of it be crucified with christ the bible says to death death of what individual interpretation death to what selfishness soulishness death to what feelings and emotions yours animal hormones all of it junk garbage gehenna tartarus hades only ability of the spirit separated from the cross is tartarus hades gehenna hell hell and more hell truth anyhow when you get into jesus it's heaven of heavens of more heavens now which realm are you living in i hear you say a little of both good you're honest there's mixture 
And so God wants to remove the mixture out of you. So there's nothing in you except Jesus. What Jesus is experiencing, what Jesus is interpreting, what Jesus is saying, and what Jesus is doing. This is the feast to, to those married to him. Marriage of the lamb. What's the lamb? Crucifixion of Calvary. Passover lamb. Somebody is going to die with Jesus. Therefore, live with him also. You cannot live with him and taste his Shekinah life, the light of life, unless you die with him. Here's where all the flakes miss it. We don't want to die. I don't want to give up anything. Don't give up my plans, all my, my 401k, my, my insurance programs, my little savings account, my little stewardship, my, my little self-righteousness, my me, myself and I, and all my prideful things that I do as a good animal, as a white warlock of the fallen angels, and that's the truth anyhow, and only from that prodigal state as an older antichrist fallen angel son of Luke 15 could you ever go through Calvary and be, be adopted into the Shekinah presence inside the Father's house and not outside it with the fallen angels. See, how much of Christianity is with the older prodigal son in the wheat field, looking the part, studying the right book, New Testament, Paul's epistles a lot, grace, New Testament teaching, New Testament goodness, but it's not in the Shekinah. It's not in the blazing furnace of fire. You're not in the mountaintop with the glory cloud of Father speaking audibly. You don't know the archangels. You're paranoid of angels, and you're like, oh, I don't know about the angels. Might be an angel of light that deceives. Why? Because your whole Christianity, this is 99% of all y'all in the charismatic church in America right now, truth anyhow, is older prodigal son in the wheat field looking for laborers. Look at the harvest of the wheat field out here. Look at the works we need to do. Till the soil, work the land. I'm a gardener. I'm an older son. I'm living in the father's house. There's God. There's his house. Look at all of his books. Look at all the stuff he does. And you are as lost as the younger one whoring himself to prostitutes and drugs. That's what Jesus Christ of Nazareth taught. That's the doctrine of the Lamb. The teachings of the Lamb, known as the Red Letters. Jesus said that backslidden reprobate, older prodigal, prodigal which the self-righteous part of all of you, you can feel that demon in you right now dying, burning out of you, was the Antichrist of Satan's goat, which is Pan, all the seed line of the fallen angels was in that older one. All the powerful parts. That's the white house and the, the white horse that's a pale horse. And that's all the self-righteousness of a hundred million fallen angels in the second heavens were inside the temple of that older prodigal son representing Christian heretics of self-righteousness which are equally adulterous and promiscuous and fornicators to the younger prodigal having the physical sex with prostitutes and spending physical money on drugs and alcohol. That's the doctrine of the Lamb, and half of you can't even hear it right now. But it is the truth anyhow. Amen. Good night. Close the curtains. I'll be behind the veil. I'll see you guys tomorrow.
Oh, we're breaking through the veil. The veil is the blood of his cross to live inside the Shekinah in his body. I tell you what flows inside the body of Christ right now, whether you're in it through grace and faith and obedience to the law of the Holy Spirit or apart from it by self-righteousness and self-promotion and justification and self-judgment, which is blasphemy and goat land, pan land, all of that nonsense, I tell you the truth. God wants to crucify you into his righteousness so you can live in his glory. Now, I know a lot of you have had a false love gospel in this generation of iniquity. I'm not going to apologize. You should have spit out the bones. You ate that meal and you bore its fruit and that's why you're cursed. Now, eat the good food of Calvary, the feast of the Lamb, crucifixion, his blood and his flesh, which is the word of God, and get all that other junk food out of you, of your own stupid belief systems that only bear forth the fruit of death and rebellion in you, and it will absolutely produce a remnant in the unity of the brethren and the army of the glory cloud on the top of the holy mountain of Calvary. In that place will be the never-ending revival, and some people are already there, maybe two in the whole planet. There's a mountain of crucifixion that can lift you up above the sun to the place where there is no death. It's available right now, depending on how much you've allowed the Word of God to crucify you. How much you've humbled yourself for the meek to inherit the earth. How much you've sought forth the kingdom's righteousness and not your own. Therefore, the world, cosmos, planetary systems are added unto you to be rulers of the world. It is written, they shall rule with me for a thousand years. Revelation 5.10, Bible. Amen. So the only ones ruling and reigning are the ones who love crucifixion of the sinful nature in spirit, soul, and mind and body. These are the ones who live in Shekinah. Their teaching is the law. What's the law? The commandment of Jesus Christ. They're singing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb in the realm of overcomers, the realm of the marriage feast, Mount Zion, which is in the Shekinah. Oh yes, it's available to all of you through repentance, faith, and obedience in the Word and getting all the other junk out of you that's just devils. Just get it out of you. It's going to burn. You're full of devils and demons and all kinds of seed of the fallen angels, the birds that fell from heaven, always sowing bad seed into you. Come into a realm that you're so protected by God's word burning and working in you. I make my ministers flames of fire that any other interpretation other than the interpretation of the glory cloud, who is the Father himself getting formed in you like a cloud of fire, a cloud of glory, will interpret the word daily as God sees fit, not you, God in you, God through you, and God all around you, called establishing the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's the glory inside the Father's interpretation of Scripture. Oh yeah, don't you think that's the heart of the matter? What God the Father thinks? Not what you think, 
not what I think, what the Father thinks, and what the Father thinks is a bright rainbow, for my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, it is written. And you get into the thoughts of the Father, you get into the rainbow of the seven spirits of God, you get into the rainbow Shekinah manifest presence so strongly, your interpretation becomes joyful. It's very wrathful towards those who interpret selfishly. Those who interpret religiously will have the wrath of the Lamb. They're not going to have a good time down here. They're in a time of punishment. They're in a time of destruction. They're in a time of the revealing that they've been kicking against the pricks and the interpretation of Scripture. Interpretation of Scripture is quintessential. It's called the doctrines of the apostles. It is everything that you understand rightly the word of God's glory, the word of God's presence, the word of God's light. Amen. And if it's not interpreted and divided rightly in your hearts and in your minds, you are in some serious darkness right now, and you will find yourselves and your souls and your flesh and your money and your business and your family fighting God. Christians are so filled with fallen angel iniquity in the guise of Christianity right now, most Christians, not few, most are fighting God's glory. They're fighting God's interpretation of His Word and insisting on their own interpretation, just like the earthly Pharisees did to Jesus in His first coming. It was all about teaching. You teach this thing, you teach that thing, you teach that thing, your interpretation, your, is that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the Word. That was what it was all about, doctrine. It was all about understanding, teaching, Jesus' teaching, continuously contradicted the earthly leaders of the covenant religion's interpretation. Why? Because it was not based on Shekinah. It was based on self. And that revealed that their God was not actually Yahweh. It was Molech and Pan. And that's what Acts 7 says. And when Stephen said that out of the Shekinah with a glowing face... They wept and gnashed their teeth, and they murdered the witness of the interpretation of Shekinah. And there was no New Testament back then, guys. This is like two weeks into the New Testament, New, New Covenant Christianity. So it was the interpretation of the prophets and Moses that caused them to weep and gnash their teeth. Stephen's interpretation of the Bible, which back then would have been Genesis to Malachi, made them lose their minds, manifest their gods, weeping and gnashing teeth, burying the image of the foul birds, the highest ranking demonic, which was the fallen angels, and it came right through their faces, and they killed Stephen because his interpretation of Torah brought the Shekinah. Their interpretation of the Pentateuch brought what? Greed. Pride. You love the best seats in the houses. You love being seen and having your prayers heard. It was all an exposure of the fallen angel pride in the covenant religion's leaders by the Shekinah of true wisdom and the correct interpretation of both of them having the same scriptures. Stephen had the same scriptures as the Pharisees. And they listened to him for a while because he's like, accurate.
literally quoting word for word from the prophets and the Pentateuch. Yeah. So just because you have the same New Testament, the only thing that matters in this day is the glowing face, the brightness, the Shekinah, the Father involved in the interpretation of the New Testament. Everything else is equal to the Sanhedrin that killed Stephen today in Christianity. Amen. Bless you guys with that word. Let that word cut you to the heart. Let that word circumcise your heart, your mind, your whole attitude, your interpretation, and all the diabolical interpretation that you have of the New Testament be cut off of you by the sword of fire. Amen. And then the Shekinah will grow in you and get bigger every day and you'll be a cloud rider of Yahweh. What does that mean? God the Father will testify this one believes and obeys my living word, not just the sealed dead letter. This person has had the kernel hatch. They've allowed the pruning to come forth. The tree of life in its fruitfulness is the glory cloud of the testament that God dwells in this temple, in this person's body, by the Shekinah in them, through them, and around them. In Jesus' name. That's how you'll know them by their fruit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Speak to this person right now about the cleansing of their interpretation of Scripture. Help them reset out of iniquity into glory. Thank you for the body of Christ having doors in it to enter into the bloodstream of Jesus Christ's vine and that the, the sap and the vine and the vineyard flowing through the body of Jesus touch this person in their spirit, soul, and flesh and reveal to them every area of sin and righteousness and judgment so they can be engrafted out of Satan's tree in the garden into the tree of Jesus Christ's flesh and blood in this garden to live in the garden of righteousness, not their own, but Jesus's, which has all the glory of the Father in it and eternal life. Amen. Amen. Evidence of a heart changed is cheerful giving 100% of the time in the New Testament. If you have not yet given into Red Letter Ministries but are enjoying the teaching, it's not a matter of if you should give, it's how much. Give a tithe. Give a 10% of everything in your storehouses, everything in your bank account, all of your net worth. That's the right thing to do in response to this word today. A response that I will honor God with a tenth of everything in my possession all of my bank account, all of my net worth, and I will give it into the temple of Levi of the New Covenant, which is the ministry of the Shekinah of the Logos written word at Red Letter Ministries. Thank you for the angels medicating them as they pour huge offerings into the treasury of David. 
You might need to be knocked out. You might need to hand the checkbook to your spouse and tell them the number because it's just too overwhelming for you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's thank you for a, for a people, Father, that will honor you with all the first fruits and the increase of the tithe of their house, of the best portion, not the worst, the very best of their lives in their houses for God in the new covenant Levi fully represented in this red letter ministries in Jesus name. Amen.
smoke something to make you feel like that only Jesus can get you feeling like that man that's Holy Ghost joy Chaka Washke Nembro Shakie Yahweh Cheshka Cheshka Hey Cheshka Hey Yeshua Cheke Ma Toso Elohim Thank you. 